Nick Rolovich is standing strong in his uh, fight against the vaccine, and the Pac-12 continues to be in chaos. So we're breaking it all down in today's episode of Locked on Pac-12. You are Locked on Pac-12, your daily podcast on the Pac-12 Conference. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Okay, we had to get our little dance moves out during the the music part of the show. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Pack 12 podcast, the uh, part of the Locked On Network. Thank you so much for tuning in and making this your first listen of the day. We are free and available on all platforms, so make sure you check us out. Uh, Brian is my co-host today, and I am your host, Cindy Robinson, from, uh, I guess, Lock, look, host of Locked On Pac-12 podcast, also Pac-12 former athlete, also ESPN social media specialist. Brian Brown is from Locked On Youths, and I'm sure he gives you his whole spiel on his episodes. So, yeah. Do you want to give, who are you, Brian? I'm just a dude with a microphone that somebody found that wanted to talk a lot. Okay. So roll. Well, as of right now, we're your Pac-12 experts, and we are definitely going to break down all the chaos going on in the Pac-12, starting with the news from my Cougars, okay? It's some good news and some bad news. Winning. So the, Winning. The, good news, the good news is the win, okay? We'll talk about the good news first. Just get that out of the way because – it's so exciting for the Cougars to see them fight against Oregon State, a team we were just raving about all last week, um, about how great they're doing, how they're upsetting the Pac-12, how they're one of three teams still undefeated amongst Pac-12 teams. And then all of that came crashing down Saturday afternoon, thanks to my Cougs. And that also contributed to the Pac-12 is chaotic situation story that's being told uh throughout this whole season throughout years that we've you know been having the facto conference but we'll get to that later as of right now very excited for my Cougars to get that w um a good turn of events for them a good confidence boost going into the rest of the season against you know conference play um shocked I will say shocked I'm not even gonna lie to you um I watched the game I watched a lot of Pac-12 games I was very present on the Locked On Pac-12 podca- uh, podcast Twitter. So if you were engaging with uh, me, it was me. It was me behind the keys this week. and On the ones and twos. On the ones and twos. And I did enjoy pa- watch, like sitting at home and just watching a bunch of the Pac-12 games. You watched um, a lot of Pac-12 football I did. Weekend. And it wasn't really that many episodes. I mean, that many games. It was only like <laughs> four or five games. This is a limited season this week for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, a lot of yeah. teams on by. Super happy to see my Cougs pull off that win. I didn't get to watch it, I think. I think I was following along via Twitter because I couldn't find it. I know it's on Pac-12 Network, but, like, I found almost all the other games and not that one. I don't know. I was struggling. I think you were too busy watching Texas, Oklahoma, and all the other uh, insanity going around. It was a lot of college college football. Distractions everywhere. Either way, I will say this. It was a good game. Saw some good plays from Washington State. Saw some good fight. They uh, they won. That's yeah, the biggest thing, right? That's there, the biggest right? thing they won. Okay, but on the flip side of that, we're you know rambling on about a win and not really giving no context. 
that's great. Win is great. Good for the Cougars. The distraction comes in with head coach Nick Rolovich. We are nearing the date, October 18th, that is basically going to be get vaccinated, get exempt, or get fired day for Nick Rolovich. And um, that is from the law from the state of Washington, put in by Governor Jay Inslee. And at this point, it seems to be, there's a split divide, I feel like, amongst Washingtonians. You know, um, I do think majority of them are looking at him like, you're a distraction to the team right now. Why wouldn't you get vaccinated? Like, what example is that share, you know, showing? Um, and it's a little tricky because I do feel like a lot of people liked him when he came into that position, um, liked what he stood for, liked how he engaged with the community. And then now it probably started with the Cassidy Wood stuff um, as far as, you know, making him feel exiled from the team because he didn't want to risk, you know, his health uh, for playing and stuff last season. But it's continued now with Nick being the leader of this team and not wanting to get vaccinated and being the only, correct me if I'm wrong, not only the only Pac-12 coach, but the only college football head coach that is, Still trying, unvaccinated. Yeah, still trying to not be vaccinated. Not, I know, I know there was one or two holdouts in the SEC, and, and you have to think that there's a few more across the whole entire landscape. But I think the disappointing part about it is that this is what we're talking about, rather than Washington State's epic victory. And even Jaden Delara had to speak up for on behalf of his coach. This is the part that really frustrates me about the whole situation. Mm-hmm. Jaden Delara should be up there as an amateur athlete, talking about the 339 yards that he threw for, talking about him stepping into the role of the leader. And we talked about this a lot on the podcast. He's got to mature. He's got to be the guy in order for this Washington State offense to click. And he finally did it for a game, and it led to them winning. And it should have been a really joyous thing, but instead there's a reporter from the New York Times there asking him questions like, does it distract you uh, that your coach is not vaccinated? We get an interview with June Jones who's saying, I'm begging him not to throw his career away over something like this. You know, there's not a real strong religious, uh, you know, argument against what he's saying um, in terms of the fact that, you know, he – perceived to be a catholic you know maybe there's something else to it and and it's all going to be a blind evaluation i don't want to get into that stuff but i think the part that's really frustrating is that throughout this whole entire process uh nick rolovich has not paid attention to the things that everybody else has been paying attention to right even if you don't want to accept all the statistics and all the evidence out there about what COVID is Nick Saban, at the end of the day, is the one who says that it's a competitive disadvantage if you're not vaccinated. And so when you're doing that, you're ruining things for your team and for everybody around you. Yeah, um, I will say I was reading that New York Times um, article about, you know, this whole situation. And what stood out to me was him being upset that his former coach, you know, spoke up on his behalf about still being unvaccinated and still um, you know, seeking exemption from getting vaccinated was something he wanted to keep to himself. And I feel like he only wanted to, he only wanted to keep it to himself because of the negative perception behind it and, you know, all the bad publicity that he's getting uh, behind it. But I do think that people have a, a right to know this is not a, I mean, I, I don't know. I know there's HIPAA stuff and all of that, but like if it's becoming a law that you as a public, um, you know, worker, employee, whatever, have to be vaccinated. Like we as kids had to get vaccinated just to go to school. So it's not like this is 
far-fetched from rules that have already been in place before. I think that the main reason that anybody would be against it is because it's so new and not something that's been in place years before, you know, it's time for them to do it. And I'm sure there's probably pushback when vaccination became a thing, you know, for schooling, you know, people were probably against it initially too, because you fear what you don't know, right? So right now, a lot of the fear behind the vaccine is that we really don't know the side, future side effects, all of that. But we do know that COVID has been killing hundreds of thousands of people rapidly. And if this is something that could, the one thing too, is that like, mind you, you're going to these medical facilities to get cured once you get COVID, right? So why would you not trust them to present you with something that could help prevent it or like soft, not soften it, but soften the blow from it if you were to get it, right? You're muted. <laughs> what it wouldn't be an episode if I didn't mute myself, he said for the hundredth time. I think the most disappointing part about it is that you're in an institution that's that's made it mandatory for all students and they've actually proven the the efficacy, the the way that the vaccine can work to reduce caseloads and case numbers and everything like that. You're in essence saying that my choice is more important than everybody else's and you should all have to agree with that. And and that's not what I want to see from the leader of a team. Because when you're a part of a team, everybody has to make choices to concede some things that they, they believe in, right? Like, I believe that sprints are a terrible way to condition. But guess what? We still ran them, you know? Facts. And that's one of those things that you have to do when when you're part of a team is you have to make concessions and, and do things that sometimes you don't want to do. Uh, trying to plug in my camera here so that it doesn't <laughs> die real quick. This is yeah. not great. Uh, this is, it's uh, okay. We're, we're, we, you know what? We're going to continue this more about the Pac-12 chaos coming up while Brian fixes his camera. <laughs> I'm going to let you college football fanatics know about prize picks, okay? It's a daily fantasy made easy. I love it. Brian loves it, so I know you will too. Prize picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy, um, offers more college football props than anyone in the world, and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as mid-major players that you might have never even heard of. So Price Picks offers any prop you could think of from yardage to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. And all of the users that deposit and use the promo code locked on will receive a hundred percent instant deposit matchup to a hundred dollars. Okay. You pick two to five players and an over and under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Price picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on LeBron, the under on Mahomes, all in the same entry. Like, how fun is that? Then you can use the award-winning app on your phone. Simple as that. Um, you go to the App Store or Google Play, download it. It's right there at your fingertips. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's literally that easy. And Price Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. So don't hesitate. Check out PricePix.com and use the promo code Locked On to make sure you get that bonus. And then head to the App Store and download the app today. Why not? Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. 
Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Okay, Brian. So back to your thoughts about before we get into the other chaos of the Pac-12. Back to your the thoughts. The chaos about, I love. I know. Back to really quickly though to wrap it up about Nick Rolovich. Um, I, I definitely feel like we'll have answers come next Monday because you know it'll be time up. I think what they said was that if he does not get exempt, he has the option to appeal the decision, um, resign or get fired, or take the vaccine. So he seems to be very adamant about not getting the vaccine. If he doesn't get um, the exemption and chooses to then get vaccinated, how upset are you going to be about him carrying all of this out? It's just been a humongous waste of time. Uh, That's the biggest problem. And as someone who runs a football team and has 125 players that love nothing more than to waste time during practice, he should know how important it is not to waste everybody's time. This is the thing about coaches in general that that frustrates me. Uh, Like they kind of tend to think that they're the most important person uh, in the room every single time. And, And, you know, as someone we've both had to wait hours and hours on end for coaches to talk to the media. And I know that there's this battle between the two of us because we're supposed to be enemies uh but maybe part of that is because you guys aren't doing the things that you're supposed to do uh to keep these relationships lively and promote things properly you know and and more and more we're seeing a lot of coaches out there kind of you know get exposed because of this and and that's kind of where i'm sitting with nick rolovich right now like who wants to stand up and defend him um other than his players. And, and look, a lot of credit to Jaden Delora for saying what he said, right? And, and if I was a player at Washington State, I'd say the same things because that's your team, that's your coach, you're going to go to battle for those people and all these cliches that we love to use. Uh, but at the end of the day, like, he's not doing anybody any favors. And, and look, I'm all for people, you know, exercising their rights to do and or not do things but to think that choices come without any kind of consequences, uh, consequences I, we it's, learned that it's in like grade school so. right right okay well moving on you just mentioned being exposed and let the worst of the world tell it the pac-12 has been exposing themselves week in and week out to being just not good quote-unquote because of the up and down play that we see, or I wouldn't even say up and down play, but as much as we don't have consistent winners here in the Pac-12 conference, it's literally any given Saturday here at the Pac-12 conference. And I feel like this weekend was a great example of that. Washington state was able to seal a win against Oregon state, the team that we had basically winning, not winning, but leading the Pac-12 at the moment. Um, ASU is probably one of the most, consistent teams right now and they did what they had to do and secured their win um against ucla had a bye i'm I'm trying to i'm trying to think of the ucla game it's it's just like we skipped michael luke this week ucla skipped right over arizona we didn't skip michael luke he'll be on tomorrow don't do that to my buddy okay we love michael come on (laughs) um but yes ucla did take down uh, arizona although at one point I really was thinking like Arizona might come up with an upset here and I was getting a little excited, but you know, UCLA came out with the win there. Who else? There was another game that I was kind of like, Arizona state handling Stanford. And then, uh, 
It's weird you, that you're forgetting the most important uh, game of the I week at all. I guess that's I just, because you don't want to pay up on your bets. Like, how many tacos do I have to eat? I'm going to, like, feel like a glutton with all these bets that I keep winning uh, when it's my youths versus your squads. Uh, do I need to take, like, Arizona in some of these bets? I, you, whatever I got to do. I, I feel like maybe the Wildcats will start winning if I do that, too. So This is uh, why I do not like making bets. Because At least anywhere know, other than prize picks. People right? don't know how to be humble. You know what I mean? You don't know how to just like take your win and like, you know, good job. Like it's really just all the extras. Yes, Utah took down USC for the first time in the Coliseum in the first time in what, 100 years or 105 so? years, yeah. Okay. I think it was roughly 15 appearances overall um, during that stretch of time. And it's been, listen, it's been a long, long, long century for the university of utah in that regards but on on a very serious note it was a uh burden lifted for a program that's been through a lot you know and, and monday the team was actually in dallas uh, at the funeral of aaron lowe and there were a lot of tremendous uh stories that come from that you know sharif shah told an amazing story if you can find the clip on the internet i think the locked on youth uh twitter account has retweeted it uh, laid him to rest next to his former teammate, Ty Jordan, who was also killed. Uh, they shared the number 22 at the University of Utah. So a lot of cool things with that. But I think the coolest thing was a big, big win over USC. And it was the most complete, most impressive performance from the Utes to date. Cameron Rising was fantastic. Yes, he uh, was. 305 yards, 80% completion rate, three TDs, uh, three tutties, as we all say nowadays, no INTs. Earned himself a Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week award honors, you know, and and they looked like a team that was motivated and passionate about going out and getting a victory uh, to honor a lost teammate. And uh, you know, USC is not the USC that we're used to. I I don't think there's any doubt about that. They they looked um, lacking. Uh, an energy, a vibe, maybe that we've seen there in the past. You know, I don't think this is a team that's playing cohesively. They're not playing confident. It doesn't look like or feel like they have a lot to play for within the walls of that program. I think the ugliest part about it is that, you know, there was no sense of pride playing at home. Like, I'm not going to act like they didn't fight at all. You know, they didn't just roll over and give it to Utah, but I just expected so much more. Um, there was just like, it seems like struggle to like really make plays happen. Drake London was still great to watch, still a phenomenal player. Um, saw the hurdle into the touchdown, into the end zone. Here for that, you know, track girl here. Um, but other than that, I, I think, I think, uh, what's his name? Ah, the running back that I always struggle saying his name. Vive Malapai. Yes, he had a nice touchdown too, as well. So we did see some of the names that we had been talking about, you know, since preseason, like do what we expect them to do, but it still wasn't enough, you know. Um, again, Kudos to the Utah Utes for coming in and showing up. Um, more than anything, like you said, they were motivated in a, on a whole different level, you know. And it could that could have gone two different ways. It could have been very emotional, and that could have affected their play. And it seems like they used that to their um, advantage instead, which I'm not mad about at all. So, like, mm -hmm. if we had to lose to anybody and at any point in time, I feel like that was the perfect team to lose to, um, just knowing that. There was, there was so much more for them in that game. And then I love the decals that they wore on their jerseys and helmet, the 22. Um, and it said TL. Did it say TL on it? Or was it Ty? Yeah, TJAL. Yeah, TJAL. There you go. Long live 22. Yes. Yep. We retweeted it on the um, Locked On Pac-12 um, 
Twitter, it was very nice touch. And I'm, you know, that's going to be on their uniforms and helmet, or I guess it was their practice, their practice or their warm up shirts and then their helmets. It's the yep. decal on their helmets. Mm-hmm. Loved it. Um, I saw some like little snarky remarks uh, made about USC that I don't necessarily want to repeat because I was very disappointed if that was true. So I'm going to just say that um, congratulations to the youths. Okay. Mm -hmm. Uh, And well-deserved. They're, they're a team now that you're kind of seeing put it all together at this point. Um, I am looking forward to seeing how they continue to play because, you know, it could be good one week and not so great the next. So, They've got a tough one this next week, too, going up against ASU. Uh, uh, yes. You know, and, and I think ASU is probably playing better football than anybody in the conference right now. Yeah. Um, so it's it's but that's the gauntlet. You know, I we, we kind of started into this wanting to talk a little bit about the chaos of the Pac-12. That's the gauntlet that you go through every single week. We will. We're going to we're going to talk about that coming up next. We will, because I, I have to have to give my two cents about everybody else's two cents. Your, that's being put cents. in there. My two cents. That's you know to to combat the two cents coming from the outside conference people, you know. Um, but before I get into that, for all of you that you know maybe looking for a healthier snack alternative to candy bars and all that good stuff, Bill Bar is a protein bar that you will want to try. I promise you, they have nine delicious flavors for you to choose from, um, all ranging from chocolate to mint brownie, raspberry, cherry, coconut, coconut almond, a little bit of something for everyone. And if you're someone that's a little adventurous, likes to try them all, there's a mix box for you, okay? It comes with two of all the nine flavors. So you can try everything and share with someone or have it all for yourself, whichever you like, you know? I'm not judging. Um, Not only are Bill Bar, not only are Bill Bar tasty, Bill Bars. Not only are Bill Bars tasty. That was weird. <laughs> they are healthy for you too. Um, Seventeen to eighteen grams of protein, low in sugar, low in net carbs, and low in calories, which is fat. So, um, all for all for you to be healthy and tasty all in one. It's a good alternative, like I said, to candy. Um, try it out. Brian loves them. That's all he talks about when we're on these episodes and so for you go to billbar.com and use promo code locked 15 and you'll get 15 percent off your first order um promo code lock 1515 for 15 percent off at billbar.com i don't know why i be struggling sometimes to get those out you know it's like a lot of information and retain and then you know i start messing up so i'm human people don't pay me no mind um, but anyways, that's because to- you haven't had a built bar today. You need that good whey protein. I need the nutrition. energy, right? I need the energy. Yes. Um, you need that cherry lime flavor. Mm. Cherry lime sounds very tastes like a chocolate starburst. What? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're okay, looking at me little, like I'm crazy, but it's I'm good. Little, yeah. I'm a little intrigued. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> as, as chaotic, that's how they as, get you. That's how yeah, they got me too. Yeah. As chaotic as that sounds, uh, it's probably very fitting for our conference. Uh, Pac-12 is very chaotic. If you don't know how things have been going, like one weekend, a certain team will be up. Like we'll give Oregon State as an example. Literally was one of three teams, Utah and ASU being the other teams that have not lost to a conference team yet. And then they go to the Palouse and take an L. And that's the most random team to lose to because Washington State hasn't been at the top of their game all season long. 
They secured a win against Cal as their first Pac-12 win, but took a major L to USC, to Utah. And so now it's shifted a little bit. Now everyone's kind of looking at Oregon State like they were frauds. And I don't necessarily believe that that's the case. Just because someone takes an L, you know, one weekend, does not mean they're still not the team that you think they are. I think when it becomes consecutive and you start seeing major issues and flaws in their game plans, that's something to question, right? So, like, the same way we were questioning Oregon and, like, yes, we ranked them last, but that was for the week. I'm st- I'm not saying Oregon is not still Oregon and not the caliber of, you know, being the top team in the Pac-12. But right now, if you're going by win percentage and all of that, ASU is leading the Pac-12. Um, they're still undefeated against Pac-12 opponents. So is Utah, apparently. Um, and they'll be facing each other this weekend. So, Brian, I want to get from your opinion – I feel like, unfortunately, every weekend now, this is going to be the third weekend for ASU, that each game is becoming more and more important. When they faced UCLA, it was like this could be the determining factor of who wins the Pac-12 South. And then after taking that win, it was like, oh, well, now you got to beat Stanford because they just beat Oregon. Mm-hmm. And then now it's you got to beat Utah because they just beat USC. So at this point, it kind of seems like ASU has a tough road to the ending. But they're showing up consistently, and I don't want you to go too deep into uh, ASU as much as I want you to talk about, like, what Utah has to do in this game and how important it is for them. Well, I think more than anything, it's that rotating of hat, uh, the hat of where the road uh, to the Pac-12 championship goes through. And and initially it was UCLA had some big wins early on, and then Arizona State went in and shut them down. And and the biggest thing I think they exposed is that UCLA's defense is just not good enough – to hold teams, uh, hold teams when they need to, and Arizona State broke it open against them, and then continued to do it against Stanford. Stanford just didn't look like it was in sync. You know, those Friday night games have this weird mystique about them, where things just never really seem to go the way that you expect them to. And so now Arizona State has to come to Utah and play a, you know. It'll be fascinating to see what this team does from the University of Utah because they just attended the funeral of a teammate, but they're also riding an emotional high after playing as complete a game as they played all year. Uh, This is a team that has beef with ASU in in the University of Utah. It comes down to Jaden Daniels flipping at the last minute from his commitment to the University of Utah to Arizona State. And he even mentioned in his interview with the Pac-12 Network that he doesn't like playing there because they like to get after him. Now, his offensive line is great, but this is a Utah defensive line that's really emerged as as the pressure uh, defensive line that we expected all year. They have Devin Lloyd back there, linebacker. Uh, you know, this is a secondary that's playing much better. They had Karene uh, Reed and Kamoy Latu step in for guys that were injured and both earned uh, Defensive Player of the Week awards in consecutive weeks for their performances. So Utah's got depth. Uh, what remains to be seen is how consistent can Utah be on offense? You know, it, it's been a, a question of turnovers throughout the Pac-12. I think that's the biggest thing that got Wazoo over the hump against Air, or, Oregon State was mm-hmm. they turned the ball over one last time. Yeah. And so if you Utah can can complete another clean sheet. You know, that almost cost them the game against Washington State uh, two weeks previous as they try to put the ball on turf more than uh, I try to put down those free tacos that you're about to give me. Um, So that's where I look at this matchup and think to myself, the chaos will continue to reign because we just don't have solid answers on any of this. I think ASU's performed a lot better in the face of all the uh, uh, preseason stuff that they went through. So kudos to them. They're still going through. Like, let's not be. We just haven't, honestly, here's a situation with ASU. 
that's just not being talked about because there's no new news about it. You know, there's yeah, no updates right? at this mm-hmm. point. At any point in time, the NCAA could drop a bomb on them. And it kind of remains to be unseen of when that will actually come. And it might not come to the end of season. Um, but either way, that's still something looming over their heads. And they're like tucking it away and putting the blinders on and focusing and really showing up each week. Yeah. Like, they are. Even if it's not always the prettiest, they are pulling out these wins and being the most dominant team in the Pac-12 right now. And that's, you know, that's the where the chaos is going to start to reign, right? Is that going to be enough for them on a cold night in Salt Lake City, an 8.30 kick? Uh, it, it's going to be, uh, it is going to be an emotional night. I can promise you that Utah fans are motivated to get there and be loud and, and support their team. But this is a rivalry. There is not a lot of love lost between these two pro- programs. Uh, I don't think that Utah likes Arizona State. Arizona State has always had it out for Utah, and they've won a lot, both in the football games and in the recruiting battles that they've gone head-to-head at. And so there's a lot of crossover with this one. So it could be a very uh, chippy affair. I think it'll be a great game regardless of what happens. Uh, I'm not ready to put down a prediction on this one yet. Okay. Still haven't heard anything from University of Utah players. Um, you know, no no media availability today as they were, you know, in Texas. Um but we got just, you at the you got the end of the week. You know you're yeah, gonna come back. Yeah. We got the end of the week to yeah. get what, a real what, prediction from you. What, what, what a lucky guy I am to constantly uh, get invited course. back here. Of but um, you know it's it's going to be a great game. I think I've said that too many times already. Uh, if chaos really is truly going to reign, does that mean that Utah has to win, or is it that Arizona State has to maintain this uh, throughout their matchups and 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 somebody else has to try and uh, dethrone them? You know, they still have a lot of teams on the schedule that are going to be tough. You know, who knows? Is USC going to follow the pattern of losing one week and then winning the next? You know, what, what all of these questions that go we'll on. See. And that's that's why this is next why this on drops. Dragon Ball Z. <laughs> Goku no, powering up like literally um, it is one of those. You know, we don't know. We really don't. Uh, we will have ASU locked on ASU locked on Sunday. Well, sorry. Richie Bradshaw on later this week. And to talk about, you know, ASU's reign and, like, how they're doing. He's on – him and Connor are on a high right now. Like, watching them tweet through the weekend um, while the game was happening. Like, everyone is just fully – all Sun Devils is everything. Like, they're the – Forks are up. Yeah, that's how everybody is right now. So, for those of you that, you know, um, need to follow along on Twitter and keep up with everything going on in the Pac-12 – Go ahead and f- hit that follow button at LO underscore Pac-12. And if you want to keep up with what Utah Utes got going on over there, you can follow Locked on Utes at Locked on Utes. And then you can follow me at underscore Cindy Robinson and Brian Brown at Brown Bear SLC. Uh, a lot of football talk was happening this weekend. I was talking about my fantasy teams. I won all three leagues. Thank you. Anyways, um, and then thank you for listening and making this your first listen of the day. It's available on all platforms, uh, Odyssey app, wherever you get your podcast, and it's free. That's the best part. You can also subscribe, like, comment on YouTube, Locked On Pac-12 Podcast. We are giving you more and more content day in and day out. Now, make your second listen of the day one of the other conference shows. We have Locked on SEC, Locked on ACC, and Locked on Big 12. So check those out, you know, learn some more about college football from the other conferences, see how maybe they're doing things a little better as far as, you know, SEC football is so much better than 
Pac-12 Whatever. Anyways, I know that sounds like a hater move, but I just am so sick of everybody hating on the Pac-12. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're the conference of champions. Don't be hating. That's all I'm saying. The SEC finally got the memo that chaos should reign and, and Alabama losing. What a great storyline. Oh, so maybe your conference teams should defeat each other once okay. in a while. Every now and then don't hurt. It's a little, you know, it's a little... Other than that, you guys, thank you for tuning in and listening and make sure you stay locked on the Pac-12 on the Locked On Network.